0: As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things.
1: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh
0: Uh Uh-oh. Erin and Addison.
1: On American Family Radio, welcome to your Friday. Yes. You have done made it. Congratulations. We're here. You are <laughs> <We're> here. <laughs> here. Congratulations. Um, it's the Friday gumbo show. That means that we do a little bit of a lighter show. Mm-hmm. We take more of your calls on Friday, um, answering some of your questions and responding to some of your comments that may have arisen during the week, yeah. and you weren't able to get in. And you wanted to comment? You can do that on Friday. It's sort of like a catch-all. We call it the gumbo show. Mm-hmm. But uh, increasingly, maybe we, you know, because No, not, no, it gotta uh, yeah.
0: always be the gumbo.
1: Oh, show. okay, sure.
0: W- let me hear. W- w- what's your mindset? What? What were you about
1: Well, to say? I mean, I was just thinking because not everything goes into gumbo, right? But on a Friday, we say whatever you want to talk about. We said so, that, like but, you know. You know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I will say this though, and and I feel like it's important to restate this as often as yeah. we can. Um, if we don't know what you're talking about, we will tell you, right? Can we just? We're gonna just be like honest with you, right? You know, like. That's no fake I've been you in the position, yeah, man, I've been in the <laughs> position where it's like the temptation is to pretend that you're aware so that you don't appear to be like, oh I- there's something that you don't know, but the reality is there's some things I don't know, yeah. so I think That's it's better right. to just say, you know, I don't know about that, yeah mm, I haven't heard about that. I'll have to look into it and so that may be disappointing for some people um but i think it's the best that we can do and maintain our integrity <laughs> <laughs> like not you know what i mean yeah anyways um all right so it's friday the phone mm-hmm. lines we'll open them in just a little bit before we do that though i wanted to turn to um some of the mail that we get from some of our listeners okay. and i wanted to respond to that and i, I i've kind of not arrived at a conclusion because some of the emails I think, Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure if our listeners will want their emails read, um, you know, on the air. And so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to offend anybody if they're like, no, I didn't know you were going to read that on the air, but I do want to respond to some of them because we get a lot of, um, questions and comments and it's difficult to, in a timely fashion, respond to all of them. Yeah. But I do want you to know that we are reading them and we are praying for you. Um, where specifically prayer is requested and then also brainstorming where there is a specific request, um, for help in an area. How do, how do we do this? Like questions like that. What, what do you, you know, what do you guys suggest about that? So, but here's one of the biggest questions that we get repeatedly. And I want to address this question on air. And I understand that this question will probably r- require some things written down, um, that are not currently written down. So I'm going to just paraphrase this question. We get this question pretty often from both moms and dads asking what we are doing specifically with our children. Mm -hmm. So the question is, how are you training and how are you discipling your kids? And then often what will happen is um, we'll get a list of like um, ages listed in the um, in the email, like our kids are these ages. And so what you know, what would you suggest that we do? And I think this is beautiful. And, and in the email, sometimes they're really young kids that are listed, and then they're older kids, right? And so obviously, or maybe not obviously, let me just say, for sure, you'd want to do things differently based on the age and maturity of the kid. Right. So what I'll do is uh, I'll just say, so Will the Great and I have six children. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're new to listening to the program, Will the Great and I have been married. This is our 17th year mm-hmm. of marriage. And uh, that's a drop in the bucket compared to the length of time that some of our listeners have been married. (laughs) Um, And our oldest is 14. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our experience is up to that point, 14. Okay. Now we also were missionaries to university students. So there is some experience (laughs) with um, discipling and training older adults, right? Mm. Ongoingly, what Will the Great and I are engaged in is discipleship relationships in our local fellowship. We believe that that is important in the body of Christ. So it's not just, um, you know, training our children, but it's also um, sharpening one another, right? As we are walking this journey together. Okay. So having said all of that, some of the questions we get, how do you train your kids? How do you disciple your kids? So I will tell you what we did, and I am not saying that this is a catch-all or that this is what everybody must do, but I'm just throwing out these things as, um, suggestions that something might grab your attention. You might go, huh, you know, I, I think I might try that. In fact, um, some of the things that we have done have been the result of hearing other people say, Hey, you know, I started reading this book or I started doing this. And, and then we thought, you know, that's a, that's a really good idea. And then it just kind of caught on in our family. So anyway, this is what we have done and this is what we are doing. Okay. So here we go. From the earliest age possible, uh, we started trying to train our kids to um, memorize things that we feel like kids can memorize, like yeah. the books of the Bible, mm-hmm. right? So we had this book, and we still have this book. And in fact, I wrote down the title so that you can look it up. It's basically like a catechism book yeah. uh, written by Matt Friedemann. It's mm-hmm. Discipleship in the Home, mm-hmm. Teaching Children, Changing Lives. That's the book. Discipleship in the Home by Matt Friedemann teaching children, changing lives. So from the earliest age, um, in fact, we have a video of a two year old JD listing the first five books of the Bible. Um, probably only we understand what he's saying. (laughs) Okay. But we started teaching our kids the books of the Bible. We wanted them to be able to navigate the scriptures. We started teaching them the themes of those books, what those books tell us, um, those kinds of things. So basically going through like catechism for kids, um, when our kids were really young and they could not read on their own, we read the scriptures to them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we would um, help them memorize passages of scripture. In fact, and, and correct me on this if I'm wrong, Will, but I think the first passage that we taught them was Psalm 91. Mm. Is that is that not it? What, what, what it, was the was first one they Psalm memorized? It was either Psalm
0: 91 or, or Psalm 1. It was, either- it was
1: Psalm 1. It was Psalm yes, 1. Okay. Yes, you're right. it mm-hmm. was Psalm one. So, so you go through that every night. it was a part of the bedtime routine to teach them to memorize scripture. and, and I and I have to tell you, sometimes we think of children um, as we are now, you know? And yeah. so like our brains are kind of like, oh, I'm not good at memorizing, you know, and we think that they can't do it, but your kids will blow your mind and <laughs> what they can memorize.
0: Man, better than
1: us. Way better, (laughs) way better. Kids are extraordinary. So we started with memorizing scripture. Mm -hmm. Then as they got older and they were able to read the Bible and it's choppy. You know, because they're learning how to read, right? So it's choppy, but you joy in their reading the scriptures. You take your time with them, and and they're sounding out words, and it's the Word of God. And so you find joy in this, knowing that it's not going to always be this way. They're going to be better readers. And so one of the things that I would do to try to um, encourage them to see the Bible not as just like this book that they're reading was – animate the scriptures with them. Mm-hmm. And so what do I mean? So we would read a proverb a day, right? This is the big three. We would read a proverb a day and um, prayerfully the Lord, I feel like, would lead me in how to um, give them an assignment for that day. And so on some days I would say, okay, we're reading, you know, Proverb 15 or Pro- Proverbs 15. And then I would say, I want you to pick a verse and then I want you to illustrate that verse for me. I want you to draw for me what you got out of that particular verse. You can you can choose whichever verse you want and you can draw that for me. And by the way, those drawings are the things that you hang on your refrigerator. In fact, I think if people would scroll through my Facebook page, you can go back several years and you can see some of them. I remember um, Mariah illustrating uh, Folly and Wisdom. Because they're personified in the mm-hmm, Proverbs, right? Mm-hmm. And so she drew these two female characters that were folly and and wisdom. And so what is all of this doing? This is showing them that we're not, it's not like you will read
3: the scriptures. But right. there
1: is joy in reading the scriptures. And all the while, your kids are gleaning from the scriptures. Um, then we went back to Genesis. And we started reading through the, be- the beginning. Will the Great, you remember this. Mm-hmm. Cause we came to a little hurdle. Hey, <laughs> we came to a little yeah, hurdle.
0: It, it wasn't time yet,
1: <laughs> and um, and they were still pretty young, and we yeah. there's many conversations we had not yet had with them, right? <laughs> and we came upon the situation of Lot. Yes. Yikes!
0: And his daughters. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Guys, I just look. You asked the question, okay? I'm just giving you the answers, right? And so anyway, I remember on, on that particular day, I, I will never forget it. I remember um, being like, hey, you know what? Let's finish up for today, guys. We're done. And you've always, got, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's wait until daddy gets home. Okay, we're just, we're closing up the scriptures. And you've always got that one kid that's very perceptive. Mm. They're like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. This is, we usually go a little bit longer. What's, what's going on? And so I did. I had one of the bunch that was like, what are you trying to keep from us? Mm-hmm. And I had to pray through this. I was <laughs> like, oh, Lord, you know, I, I don't. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit really impressed upon my heart as I was praying about going back to, you know, going back to Genesis, mm-hmm. uh, that I can trust him with his word. This Amen. is the word of God that I can trust him. So anyway, we read through the scriptures and as your kids are able to read on their own, you encourage them to read on their own. Um, there was another book that will the great um, led in devotion with the kids nightly. And this book is entitled devotions for the children's hour. Oh man! And it's published by Moody press. Yeah. And it was, um, published in 1954, man. 1954. It's written, um, by a man named Kenneth Taylor. I don't even know if this man is still alive. I, I don't know. Um, but the thing that struck us about this book is something that I'm going to read to you before we go to the break here. <laughs> this is just the way that the Addisons are situated. Like we do want our kids to have joy in the scriptures and we do want our kids to be able to um, be the age that they are. Mm-hmm. But we want them to have meat. We want them to understand that the word of God is the word of God. And that has always been the case, even at the earliest age, while it's fun and you're illustrating, you're drawing, and sometimes you're acting out or you say to the kid, now retell that to me. What did you hear as we read that? So they're not just checking out. You know what I mean? Sometimes Mm -hmm. kids will do that. They will zone out. So what I would do is as I was reading when they were really young, I would say, hey, what'd you just hear? Like, stay with me. And so you keep the kids' attention. You, you, What you're saying is that this is really important, what we're doing. And, and guys, we all know that our kids can pay attention to what they want to pay attention to. Oh, yeah. Oh, We've yeah. seen them, if we're honest, right? Oh, yeah. So here is this book, um, Devotions for the Children's Hour. And I want to read to you what it says here, the intro. And uh, and so Will the Great and I uh, worked through this. Will the Great facilitated <laughs> this. And he started it again with the younger well, two, yeah. right? We'll, we'll be adding Timmy to the mix. Okay, so here's what it says. It says, a note to mother and dad. This is the introduction to this book, and then I'm going to read to you some of the titles, okay, some of the entries that were discussed. This is not a Bible, a Bible story book. It is a book of doctrine for children. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> a book that tells what the Bible says about sin and heaven, and about the Lord Jesus, and many other major Bible themes. It is a book written especially for children. Its words are simple, and its thoughts, we hope, are clear. There are many Bible story books, but children need doctrine too. Mm. And books of doctrine written so children can understand have been until now almost unknown. Now, again, this was in 1954. But children need to understand what the Bible teaches as well as hearing its wonderful true stories. The truth and meaning of the stories must be combined with all else the Bible says. And the results stated simply and briefly and interestingly, that's okay. that we need to keep our kids interest. I want you to understand something. You cannot expect your seven year old or your eight year old to listen like a 25 year old. You can't. And so to animate and to be expressive as you are teaching the word of God is to be expected. Because remember, you're not teaching them so that you understand it you're teaching them so that they understand it Mm. one of the things that this book did was state that um, this is the word of god it's the meat of god broken down into smaller pieces but it's still the meat of god amen so some of the topics that we explored in this book who is god the father the son the holy spirit why god made us who are the angels who is satan How sin came into the world? What happens when we ask Jesus to be our savior? Why did Jesus save me? And so on and so forth. We'll grab the break. We'll be right back. Kinds of sin, one savior. One son thinks that he can
0: find
3: favor by working harder than his younger neighbor. But there can be an arrogance to labor when I start comparing, thinking that I'm greater. Like I built a city that makes me the mayor.
1: Forgotten what you gave me, that you are my creator. I have tried to build it, I have worked hard, I have willed it, built it. Every brick I had, I think I filled it. But skills miss, let myself down, feeling wilted. Still, to get you high, but the bar is higher still, kid. I am not good. I'm try to build a bunker but there is even grace for the thunder thank god that he loves the older brother oh this is my favorite song right now oh what did you what a pleasant surprise dude can okay i'm sorry to do this on air like but you guys know that we often do business on air right So I was going to text message you and say hey could you get Peabod like just as like I just felt like man I'd I'd love to have it in rotation as a song like coming you know back from a a break and here it is so okay guys welcome back to Aaron the Addison's (laughs) on American Family Radio that artist oh I'm sorry I'm Miki. (laughs)
0: And I will. You can go ahead and introduce that artist. I mean,
1: you sure? Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're like, Mickey, I say so little. I mean, go ahead. And even what I say, you take. I mean, really? <laughs> no. Really? Miki, I say so little. Let me say the artist. Will the Great, please. Who was that? Peabod. Peabod. Yeah. Peabod. <laughs> <laughs> that artist is Peabod, and he was introduced to us by our children. Yeah, by our children. They okay,
0: introduce I, us to, to music. How about it's that? It's
1: <laughs> difficult to think that you will get to a place where your kids know Christian artists that you don't know, like you know, because everything up until this point we have introduced to them. And so, anyway, it peabod and he is a Christian artist. Now, listen, I have to do this, and I, you know, really didn't have to do this before. For right now, we like him, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to say. For right now, we like him. We have listened to his music together. We have surveyed his music videos and we like him. And that song is prodigal and it is fire. I mean, it is amazing. So I'll tell you speaking of what do we do with our children, you know, when we talk about discipleship, we meet our children where they are. They love music, Mm -hmm. we love music. So while we are training them in the scriptures and while we're having theological discussions on a regular basis, we are also enjoying music that is rich in theology. Yeah. And so as we listen to this music, we are having discussions with them and trying to identify what they can hear in the music. Most recently, we did this around our table to P. Bod's Prodigal. This this song is fire. If you look it up and listen to it with your kids... And then take them to Jesus's parable of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and man, explore that with your kids. And then you can pull up the lyrics online, which we did, mm-hmm. and read the lyrics to this song and just have a discussion around yeah. what God wants us to know about him. <laughs> like, What does God want us to know in this particular parable? So these are the kinds of things that we do with our kids and we enjoy it. It's not a drudgery. and And I think that if you can kind of not expect... Your kids to be, um, you know, like theological scholars, but to expect them uh, as they grow to have an understanding of God um, that that um, what's the word I'm looking for coincides with their age. Maybe there's a better word than that, but understand that our kids are growing and so they are learning as they grow. Right. And so the expectations that we have of them have to be reasonable. And so now I'm not just asking them to recite things. They are memorizing things all the time, even without being asked, they're memorizing things because they're hearing it all the time. But now because of their age, we move on from there and it's like, okay, you read. Hmm. Now tell me, now tell me what you're hearing. Right. What is, what is God saying? Right. You know? And, and one of the things that we try to do, man, is to make sure That when our kids come to the word of God, right, uh, either with us or by themselves, that the first question they are asking is not about themselves. Right. But that the first question that they are asking is, man, what is God telling us about him, Mm -hmm. about himself? What is God saying about himself? What does he want us to know about him? Then then what does he want us to know about us? Right. So not leading with you, not always like, okay. so what this means to me is nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. (laughs) Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know, that's not that's not how you preserve the truth. (laughs) That's not how you do it. What you do is you say, God, what are you telling us about yourself? What do you want us to know about you, about your plan, about mankind, about the fall, mm-hmm. about the work of the spirit, about the redemption of Christ, about how we live now in light of this information. If we have been born again, the Bible has something to tell us about how we live. And this is all wrapped up in instruction. Now, I want to say something, and this may sound a little bit like um, overly simplistic, and I don't mean it to be. Um, our kids, and I'm, I'm going to be careful To a certain extent, I'll I'll put that in there. To a certain extent, our kids will feel about the scriptures, what we live in front of them. Mm. Now, of course, there are going to be exceptions, right? There are going to be exceptions. But generally speaking, the values of your house will be adopted by your children. Yeah. Like what? So if, if your home values the word, if you value the word, if you're mm-hmm. constantly going to the scriptures. Now, look, our kids make fun of us <laughs> because what we often say is, you know, the Bible has something to say about so usually. And they're like, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. And so now we just lean into it. We, we know the joke is coming, but the truth is this. And, and so what are we doing? What we're doing is allowing and hoping that the word of God gets planted in the heart of our children. So that when they are away from us, they can always draw from what they have learned. Over the last few weeks, the Lord impressed upon my heart that I needed to cart one away um, to to study the word of God and to disciple one on one. Now, the Lord may not lead you to do that with your kid, but man, shouldn't we be praying and, and seeking the Lord to know what is it that he wants us to do? Let us not underestimate the ability of our kids, one, to be drawn by the Holy Spirit. All right. At whatever age the Lord chooses to be drawn by the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. to be converted, to be regenerated, right, to be brought from death to life and then to have a desire for the for the word of God, to grow in godliness, to be sanctified, to grow in that sanctification. We should be looking for that. We should not. And I'm going to tell you, I I think that sometimes and let me give the number here. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. I think far too often what parents are doing is just just hoping that their kid will narrowly escape hell. Like we're like he invited Jesus into his heart. She invited Jesus into her heart. She got baptized. And then and we're like boom, that's it. That's that's like the height of it. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we don't look for fruit. We don't like um inspect to see, is that, is that a sincere profession of faith? Like, is that a cultural profession? Like, you know what I'm saying? Is that person saying that because that's just what people around them do or do they really understand the gospel and are they responding based on that understanding? And I think those are the kinds of, and by the way, can I just tell you something, you know, people, um, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know how much I love church history and enjoy reading it. Um, that's what the early church did, actually. Um, the early church didn't just flippantly say, oh, this person is a Christian. This person is a Christian. Right. Like when the gospel was presented, the early church inspected people to see if they were truly converted. Did they now have a love for the things of God? Were they in love with the scriptures as the scriptures were being read? Were they keeping for lack of a better word, the sacraments, did they, in, did they enjoy the fellowship of the believers? And in fact, they went through this sort of like um, period of time where they were gathered with one another and just sort of observing before they would say, okay, now you can receive communion with us. Hmm. Why? Because when the Bible says if you eat or drink in an unworthy fashion, like you bring judgment upon yourself, they took that seriously. Right, <laughs>
0: right. They right.
1: took that. And now we, we have kids we are like, pass him his cup. Mm. Give them some juice. <laughs> like we, I, and, and look, and I'm not trying to make light of this. What what I'm saying is that if we really believe that the word of God is true, then mm-hmm. you don't get to pick which portions are true. That's right. Like you don't get to pick, you, you, you know, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry.
0: No, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. But you know, yeah. and sometimes looking uh, at this perspective, looking at it this way, people are like, oh, you guys are so stuffy. Like, you know, are you guys. <laughs> But it's just like us. Yeah, right. It's a a genuine look at the word of God. You know, even the example you brought up, those things are serious. I mean, the Bible speaks about, you know, how we should uh, respect the Lord's table. So the thing is, you know, we have to be determined in our hearts and our minds to to lean and rest on the straight edge of Scripture, the word Mm -hmm. of God, and try to, you know, live that out and ask the Holy Spirit to help us Mm -hmm. as we're raising our children.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, um, at the uh, suggestion of a friend of mine recently, I've been more careful about the way we, um, the way I preserve the notes and how we're studying the scriptures. So we have gone through various books of the Bible and studying the Bible. And then, um, we went through acts and we decided that we were going to go through, um, the Pauline epistles after acts and a friend of mine looking at my notebook and looking at my notes said, whoa, Miki, this is amazing. What do you plan to do with this once you're all done? And I said, oh, I don't know. I got a, I got tons of notebooks. I, I don't know. And she said, you need to save that and pass that down to your children. Mm-hmm. You, you need look at this. this. These are your handwritten notes on the scriptures. You just save that and pass it down. And, and it, it had not occurred to me to do that. And so now I'm thinking about, wow, okay, th- I do want to preserve this. I do want to make sure. And so what am I doing as I'm studying the word of God? I'm trying to teach it to our children the way that I would want to learn it. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I ask questions when I come to the scriptures and I believe that the Lord can handle my questions, right? I'm not just saying, oh yeah, no, no, I just believe. I just believe. No, I'm saying, Lord, I don't understand. I'm, I'm, I don't understand. Lord, help me to understand. Mm -hmm. So I dig in and I research and I cross reference and all of those things go into my notes as I'm teaching them to the kids. And it takes time. But my faith is the most important thing to me. What am I saying? I'm saying, guys, the things that are the most important things to us, we will give the most attention to. Mm We will we will put that attention there. So, in addition to my faith being the most important thing to me, after that, I want it to be the most important thing to our children. Amen. I want them to get the gospel intact, Amen. so I train them to that end. Amen. That's that's what we're doing. It takes a lot of work, but but it's enjoyable, isn't it? Will wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, I, I, it is. Is it? And you know, one of the rewards of it is when you see them begin to live it out and get it, and you know. Because it's a discipleship, no no matter if it's your children or someone outside of the home or whatever that you're discipling, but talking about your children, you know, it's tough. You know, yeah. it's not a easy work. And and there's certain things. I mean, you know, if you were a disciple, hopefully you were, that you were not always, you know, where you needed to be. And, and right. there was grace and, and all of that. But it's a tough thing. And I think when you see... Your children begin to get it and to begin to pursue God for themselves and, and certain things you, you 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 look for. It's mm-hmm. like, man, praise God. Praise yeah, it's, it's rewarding.
1: It is rewarding. And, and I think, man, I'm telling you, I think parents, we are often intimidated. And for some reason, you know, we think that we can't do what God has charged us to do. Well, but the thing is, he's charged us to do it. So the expectation is that we can do it. Right. And, and the Holy Spirit helps us. He aids us in our weaknesses. So if we pray, we cry out to the Lord, asking him to help us to do the things that seem to be um, maybe at times insurmountable. He comes to our aid. He helps us. Right. He mm-hmm. leads us to resources. I remember when we were um, trying to decide on a math curriculum because math is not my strong point. In fact, until we switched to this curriculum, um, I hate to say it now because I've. I have discovered um I have discovered something of the character and the nature of God in things that are fixed and in math. And so mm-hmm. I hate to say now what I used to feel about math. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll just say right. I used to hate it. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I used to hate it. Um but I prayed and I was like, "Lord, you know, I I feel inadequate to teach my kids math. That is not my strong point and I don't like it." Yeah. And so in praying <laughs> The Lord sent someone along to Will the Great to just out of the blue, start talking to him about the math curriculum they're using with their kids at mm. home. And I remember you sent me the text message like, hey, look this up, you know, <laughs> check this out. So I started looking it up. And sure enough, man, I thought this this is amazing. Yeah. And we've been using it ever since. And math has just kind of come alive. And, and, and one of the things that Will the Great and I say often is why weren't we taught it this way? Right. Why weren't we taught it this way? You know, so what am I saying? My point is, why don't we pray more? Mm. Why don't we cry out to the Lord asking him? Now, that's a very basic thing. Not not many people would think of, you know, learning math as something that is spiritual, that you need to go to God for that. But, yeah, even that you need to go to the Lord for that. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. Eight, 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 five, eight, nine, eight, eight, four, zero, eight, eight, eight. 589-8840. 589-8840. Eight, 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 Will the Great. Where do we go first?
0: Let's go to Kyle in Louisiana.
1: Hi, Kyle.
3: Hey, how are y'all?
1: Doing good. Hello, good.
3: Good. Hey, uh, it's been several weeks. Uh, I don't get to listen to y'all quite as often as I used to, but there was a discussion about a a, a big adoption organization that had kind of uh, broke weak and, um, and succumbed to the world's ways as far as families they would provide adoption assistance to, and I don't don't remember the name of that organization, Uh, but there's an organization, it's named after the old hymnal, Sacred Selections, Okay. sacredselections.org, and that organization is very strict in in regards to the money that it takes in, and also likewise in regards to the money that it provides to uh, faithful Christian homes to adopt, to help financially adopt children. Uh, which my wife and I have been a recipient recipient of. Mm. Uh, but it is a great organization, and I just would ask, you know, if you're interested, don't take my word for it, but go look them up. Okay. Find out what they're about. But they are, are a wonderful organization. All right. Well, thank you. Thank, you so, much, thank you so
1: much for that information. SacredSelections.org is my first time hearing about this organization. Um sacredselections.org. Okay, thank you so much for that. We're going to grab the break and come back and take more of your calls. Aaron the Addisons, American Family Radio, stay right there.
3: Amen. I'm walking the fire. I'm here to tell
1: back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Let's, oh, I'm Miki.
0: And I'm Will, and Jim Stones with Believe.
1: Let's jump right into our calls, Will the Green. Okay. I misread. I thought that we only had one caller. So so let's get to the calls. Where do all we go next?
0: All right. Let's go to Beverly in Virginia. Hi, Beverly.
2: Yes. Yes. I have a question that's been puzzling me. I have an alcoholic son who's been in the hospital for the umpteenth time. This time he's near death. And I'm praying fervently, number one, that he's saved, and number two, that God works a miracle and heals his body. But I'm conflicted because there's two verses in the Bible, and I can't tell you their address at this time. Okay. But the first, the first one is that God is not willing for any to perish, and that includes my son. Mm -hmm. The second is no one can come to the father unless the spirit draw him. Mm -hmm. I've been praying that the Holy Spirit will draw
1: him. But those two verses seem to conflict. Can you help me out? Mm, That's a great question. And when you first hear that question, sister, I think that it seems like a contradiction, but one of the things that we tell our kids as we study the Bible with them is that you always want to read the Bible in context, right? So you always want to understand what God is saying to us and not just what we kind of want to pull out. So if you take and the reference, the first reference is Second Peter chapter three verse nine. If you take if you take that reference out of its context, then you think you have sort of like a um, like a blank proclamation, but you actually have a contextual proclamation. And what is the context of that? So the apostle Peter is saying that in the last days, scoffers will come. Right. If you read it, if you go and you look at Second Peter, he's saying that scoffers are going to come. And what are the scoffers going to say? They're going to say, "Um, where is his appearing? You guys have said that he's coming and he's not here. And and what does Peter remind them? Peter reminds them basically that every promise that the Lord has made, um, he has fulfilled. And there is one outstanding that is that Jesus is coming again. And so basically what he is saying is that you can trust him for what he has done in the past he's going to fulfill what he says he's going to do in the future but then he says in um second peter chapter three verse nine um i'm gonna start it well uh. okay so look so this is what i'm saying to our sister i'm saying <laughs> read it in context right yeah. and then i'm just gonna go ahead and take that verse
3: well <laughs>
1: that would be foolish so let's do this in the interest of time um chapter I'm going to start at I'm going to start at verse 1 I have to Beverly I have to so that you can understand what I'm saying here um so so here is is chapter 3 second peter chapter 3 this is now the second letter that I am writing to you beloved and both of them I am, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord um, and savior through your apostles knowing this first of all that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly verse 8 but do not overlook this one fact beloved that with the lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day verse 9 and this is the verse that you were talking about Beverly the lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness But it's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So what is the focus there? The focus is that, yeah, people are saying, where is he? Why hasn't he come? And what Peter is saying is that the delay or the seeming delay of the Lord allows for more people to come into the kingdom. It allows for more people to be saved. But now the Holy Spirit drawing tells us the means by which the kingdom is expanded. Do you see the difference there? So in one regard, you have the apostle Peter saying the Lord is not slow. Like you think slow, just wasting time. Like just, you know, no, he is coming, but his delay that appears to be a delay to you is his compassion and his Mm -hmm. mercy. Mm -hmm. Like, I want you to think about the month before you got saved. Say the Lord returned (laughs) the month before you got saved. Okay, so it's the Lord's patience and the Lord's kindness that allows for those of us who have not yet come to faith to come, because while it's still today, don't harden your heart while it is still today. So the Lord keeps it today for a while so that more people can come in. Amen. Right. But then what is the means by which we come in? It is the Holy Spirit drawing us. It is the Holy Spirit leading us. Um, Jesus talked about the work of the Spirit to convict of sin and to teach of righteousness. So, I mean, the Bible says very clearly, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, that we were dead in our uh, trespasses and sins. Right. We once lived in that. Like we, we were objects of God's wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy, he made us alive. So there is a work that the Lord does. We do respond. We're not zombies just Mm -hmm. like, oh, I will come to him. Like we do respond. The Lord awakens us and we respond. And that's why the day that you hear his voice, you don't harden your heart like they did in the rebellion. The Bible teaches us that. And so whenever it seems that we have a seeming contradiction, and, and that's why we always tell our kids, the Bible can handle your questions. Bring your questions. The Bible, the Bible can handle your questions. Amen. And whenever there is a seeming contradiction, we have to make sure that we're reading in context and we have to look to cross reference what the word of God is saying. The mm-hmm. word is not going to contradict itself. So whenever there is a seeming contradiction, then we do the cross referencing and we say, man, what is the message that is repeated? What is the theme that is repeated? God is consistent He's not going to deny himself. Right. So what he says he means. And so I hope that that makes sense to our sister Beverly. So the Lord um, is delaying, delaying um, so that more might come into the kingdom. Amen. Amen. But mercy. how do they come in? It's his mercy. Mm-hmm. But how do they come in by the drawing of the Holy spirit? Yeah. So one is an answer to the reason why he has not come back again yet, yet. And the other is a question of how are men to come into the kingdom? It's by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Will the Great, where do we go next?
0: All right. Let's go to Abby in Kansas. Hi, right, Abby. Hi. Hello. Hello. So my hello.
2: question. Yes, hello. Go my ahead. My question. Can you hear me okay? Yes, go ahead. My question is regarding uh, my teenage son. He's 14. Um, my husband is not his biological father, um We recently became saved um only about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when I was raising my son by myself, parenting looked a lot different than it does today mm-hmm. and um there's been struggles with um what parenting looks like here in the home um as far as you know what my husband's role is with 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 our son and my question is i'm really struggling with would it be okay for other men um outside of the home to to come alongside my son and biblically mentor him because you know there's one part of me inside of me that is saying you know that, you know this might this might be good for him you know this this might be this or that. Mm-hmm. I get you know what if I'm running his life if I don't let him be properly you know mentored to biblically in this way mm-hmm. um and then there's this other side of me that's like <laughs> fighting within myself that's like no this isn't right the We know what the Bible says um my husband is capable of doing this and and if I let my son go outside of this home and be mentored by another man, whether he's with it or not, um, what, what is that gonna, what, what is my son gonna think of my husband? Is it gonna make their relationship worse than it already is? Is it going to, uh, make it, is it gonna make it better? I don't, I don't think so, but mm. it's something that I just struggle with all the time. I just, It
1: drives me absolutely crazy. I, I feel like, let me, let me ask you, let let me ask you a question. I just want to make sure that I understand what makes you feel like there may be the need for additional help outside of your home. Not that I'm saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm just, I just want to, what makes you feel like you, you might even need to consider that? Well, I married my husband
2: about four years ago and we weren't saved. So okay. my husband's relationship with my son is,
1: um, it's been very, very bad. Um, okay. So your we, son was 10. Your son was 10 when you and your husband married. That's right. Okay. okay. Um, and we, there was a lot of
2: fighting in our marriage at first. Uh, we did not know the Lord at all, nor did we care. Mm-hmm. Um, I raised my son letting him treat me anyway because I wanted to be his friend because I wanted him to like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's not how it is today. It's like, you, you know, this is what the Bible says.
0: Yeah.
2: You're not going to talk to me like that. Um, you're not going to treat my husband like that. Um, and and the, it's crazy because he is a wonderful, wonderful child. Mm-hmm. He is so smart and he's... He is very, um, he's very smart for his age, especially, especially biblically, mm-hmm. although he is incredibly stubborn <laughs> and he probably gets that from me. Um, look, you're describing most of our husband. kids, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah.
1: right. like the, in the family yeah. of God, you're describing most people listening. You're describing some, <laughs> at least one of their kids. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And my husband is, is not always the patient, the most patient with him, um, <laughs> You know, they definitely have their ups and downs. So when my son looks to my husband for, you know, this godly man to look at, Mm -hmm. I can just see it in his eyes. Like he's like, why should I look up to you? You're, you're this, that, and the other. And now all of a sudden, you're this saved man and you, you know, you think you're, you think you're, you think you're tough stuff and this, like, I don't have to listen to you. But, but then I see this other side of him that's like, he want he wants to be that so badly um but but i can see that it's hard for him as well but mm. it it has been a struggle and unfortunately and maybe fortunately there is other godly men on the outside you well, know that we used to me, go to church let with let me ask yeah. you
0: this real quick so the the other godly men um are they is your husband a part of that group? Like, is he being discipled by anyone? Like, is the other men, are they in fellowship with, with your husband?
2: Well, not really. My husband, um, he really keeps to himself. Like he goes to work Uh, and he comes home and it's, it's all about, you know, what's going on here at home. Um, we actually just recently left, um, the church we were attending for the past year because of things that weren't, um, that we didn't agree with there biblically. Um uh we we definitely made the right choice in doing that. Um there were a lot of good people there and a couple of these men um have continued to want to mentor to my son. Um and that is sort of where the question lies is like, is well, you know, yeah.
1: is this is this gonna make my son see I think we're gonna run out of time to... like uh, to respond yeah. if if you don't mind Abby can we just can we um just interrupt so that we can have just a little time to respond hopefully um to encourage you will the great I'll, I'll let you go first
0: well wh- what I would say is in this relationship with her son that the the dad should be involved even if there's some help from other men it shouldn't exclude him And so that I I believe that there should be an empowerment of him to be able to to do some things because he's directly in the home with the young man. So it seemed like it should be more of a a effort, a joint effort, not just not him excluded from being a part of this and these other guys discipling, you know, the son, but it should be where, man, these these men, if they're godly men, would Mm -hmm. help the husband to be to be you know involved and doing the things that he um is supposed to do even though and I know that's it sounds like it's like a a blended type thing you know but I would I wouldn't have the the dad be excluded
1: right from from this whole thing
0: he he needs he needs to be a part
1: yeah no I agree with that and and I I would just add that understanding Abby that you are now in Christ right and so there has to be and it can't always be this clean break but there's got to be this understanding that now you have new life in Christ so in humility there may need to be a series of talks where the three of you sit down and maybe this has already happened but there may need to be a series of talks where it is clearly laid out This is the way things are because this is right. What you observed before was not right, but this is right. And it needs to be laid out biblically. All right. We're out of time until Monday. Lord willing.
0: God bless.